I hope that the compassion comes from me today as I share what God has put on my heart through these scriptures. As you see that um, on your outline, it says that um, we're going to be in Luke 24, actually. (laughs) It doesn't say it's right. Okay, so we're going through 44 through 48. I know 49 is there, but I'm going to hold back on 49 and bring that next week with the message. But it's just a few verses, but there's so much in there. We're going to kind of idle there. We're going to kind of camp out for the men, you know. We're going to camp out there and see what the prophecies spoke on. See what the Lord had for these two men and the disciples. And we're going to see how we can make this a practical application. You know what? What glory it is that we can read the Word, but then when we can take and apply it to our lives. Sometimes we get convicted or our heart feels like it just got hit by, I don't know, something heavy that we are compelled and the Lord speaks to us and we're like, maybe I didn't like that, but maybe we're just trying to speak to our hearts. And I would pray today that our hearts would be open to receive what we're going to find in the scriptures because there's always, there's always something in it that we can apply to our lives. As we kind of talked last week, it doesn't matter how many times we've gone over Scripture, we still need to be in the Word. We still need to be in the Word together. And we need to be spoke to by the Spirit. And sometimes we have to sit very still and wait on the Lord. And I have a challenge with that. And maybe some of you can relate to me. It's like, I'm in a hurry. I pray and I ask God to do this and then I don't wait for the answer. I'm out the door. I'm running here. I'm doing this. Baseball game to go. We're going to go down the hill. We're going to do this. And when does God get the opportunity to really speak to my heart or my spirit? And we're going to see how Jesus spoke to them and shared Scripture, shared prophecy with them to the point where it opened their eyes. You know, yesterday, if you're on Facebook, you see some of my posts and stuff, and we just went and got Danny a chameleon. And no, we didn't. He earned it. All the way from the beginning to the end, it's taken him several months to earn it. But as I'm sitting there watching this chameleon crawl around in the cage, he's very slow, kind of stealth mode, you know. And he moves very, very slow. And then we got to see him eat his first cricket. Wow, that was cool. (laughs) It was cool. Ladies, I'm sorry. But, you know, it was really cool. But you say, what does that have to do with anything? Well, it has to do with this. He stalked his prey very slowly and graciously. He knew what, the, what he was going to do, but it took his time getting there. Sometimes we know what God wants us to do, and we take a long time to get there. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, go now. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says, you wait right here. You wait. No. Wait. No. We wrestle. We wrestle against Him. So many times we miss the opportunity to share Jesus. I'm supposed to share the love of Jesus with you. But this morning I took Jesus from somebody. It was little Ruthie. I gave her a hug and her little pin stuck on my shirt. And Jesus came right with me. Don't do that to anybody. She got it back. We gave it back. We had to work the threads out of it. But, you know, it's those simple things that are so funny, but we can use it for everyday application. We're supposed to give Jesus to somebody, not take Jesus from them. 
So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, humor is great for our spirit and our soul. But Your Word is far greater for our spirit. Your Word is a light unto our feet. Your Holy Spirit that You sent down to help us is our comforter. And it's the Spirit that guides us and directs us in the ways that You want us to go and the things You want us to do. I would pray, Father, that You would speak to our hearts now. Lord, as we get close to the end of this chapter, Lord, the disciples had so much to learn. I would pray, Father, that we would learn and that we would not sit here and just have this aspect of, I'm just here. I'm just here to hear and and not apply. I would pray, Lord, that we would hear these words. And, Lord, that You would speak through me as I sit there and just drown myself in Your Word. And You teach me more than You probably teach them in here, Lord. Lord, we need Your Word and we need Your Spirit. So speak through me. And, Lord, Jeff is on my heart this morning. I would pray, Lord, that You would um, give him strength today, Lord, as we all miss him, Lord. And we know that, God, You're on the throne and You're doing marvelous things here at our church and that church. I would pray, Lord, that You would just touch his inner spirit and his strength. Let him feel our love from here to there, as You do always, Lord. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in your precious name. Amen. All right, once again, we're in chapter 24. We're going to go through 44 through 48. So, as I get to the end of the message, you go, wait, wait, 49's right here. You didn't touch on that. I covered that, okay? So, I'm off the hook. All right, things must be fulfilled to open our understanding. There are so many things in life Us men, we like to put things together without instructions. Or however it goes. But the thing is, is we sometimes get the reminder that we need to go back to the instructions. If you've ever put one of those mega Lego sets together that cost $350, three to six hours to put it together, and you better follow the instructions, and then you're son destroys it in one minute. Afterwards, son, why? The thing is, is without proper instruction, without proper guidance, we will fall. We will fail. We will miss the boat, as people say. We will miss the whole message. Let's take a journey through these Scriptures. Let's see what the Lord has through these. I'm going to go right straight through 44 through 48 and then come back and break down each verse. You might want to have a pin out because we're going to be uh, talking about other verses in there and I'm not going to give you time to get there. Okay? All right. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, 
And that re- repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Verse 44, Then He said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, all, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He sounds like a teacher here, or a parent, or a loved one. I spoke to you, I told you, while I was with you. Does that kind of sound familiar at home, parents? I told you not to do that, I showed you what to do, and you still don't do it. Let me show you how to do it again. Maybe that's the kids just tricking you to get, come in and do it for them. Sometimes, right? Jesus sometimes has to step in and say, look, I'm going to show you again. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to show you what I want you to do. And sometimes we're hard-headed. That's me. Very hard-headed. God's going to show me over and over. Jesus showed his followers all the facts that were written in the Old Testament about the Messiah. The Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms are the three divisions of the Old Testament, sometimes referred as Jesus' day. He took them on a journey through the Scriptures, covering many of the prophecies about Him. He shared the Word with them, shared what was written. The plan was outlined. In the Law of Moses, it was the First or the Old Covenant. It is now obsolete, and the New Covenant has been established. The Law says do. The new covenant says done. See, Jesus came to do what we couldn't do. And he completed it. He paid the price for all of us. We see in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, once again, that's where you're going to write it, because I'm going to go right to it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. Okay, you see right there, he says he took them by the hand. It's one of those things. Come here, son, I'm going to show you what you're doing wrong. Come here, this is the way I want it done. This is the way I want this completed. Took them by the hand, and it still didn't work. 34, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. So he's saying that I've showed you, now there has to be a new covenant. And he's teaching this in Jeremiah. Above all commandments, there are... They, they were commanded to love and serve God and abandon all other idols. The history of Israel, they were premeditated with idolatrous activity. They had a problem serving one God. And he knew this. He knew they needed help. In verse 34 there it says, Here it is speaking of the knowledge of God that is an intimate relationship with Him. An intimate relationship with evidence of faith, obedience, and devotion. If we have an intimate relationship with God, we're going to have all three of those things. Faith, obedience, and devotion. Faith that we believe in Him. Obedience, because we believe the Word and we're going to do it. And then a devotion. A devotion that sets 
God in front of everything in our lives before, not after. A devotion that we dedicate ourselves to anything and everything we do. A devotion. God will forgive and purposefully not remember the sin, the iniquity of His people who come to Him in repentance and faith. However, as part of the new covenant, God will forgive Israel's or man's wickedness and remember their sins no more. But how could holy God overlook sin? See, Jesus wasn't in the picture yet. They're speaking of Jesus. The answer is that God did not overlook sin. Its penalty was paid by, for by a substitution. And that was Jesus. The ultimate prophet like Moses is Jesus Christ. The one who spoke God's word, words and who provides deliverance for his people. In Deuteronomy 18, 15-18, Moses continued, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among, among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord your God. When you were assembled at Mount Sinai, you said, Don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, or see this blazing fire. For we will die. Then the Lord said to me, What they have said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I commanded him. There it is. Prophecy spoken right there in Deuteronomy. Moses is comparing himself as a good prophet. Moses told the Jews that God would raise up another prophet like himself. The lives of Jesus and Moses shared many similarities. Both were delivered from death as infants. Both were prophets. Both performed miracles. We've seen the movie Ten Commandments, portrayed Moses. Both were leaders. And both were willing to die for the sins of others. Moses offered to die if necessary. If God would forgive the sins of the people that Moses was leading. He wanted to throw his life before God and give it up for the ones that were worshiping the idols. In Exodus 32, 30-33, it covers that. No, it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make an atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. Moses has given his life for him. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Although God did not accept Moses' offer, Jesus did die for our sins so that people could enter into the kingdom of heaven. A great comparison to Moses. You know, as I put my study together, those are like light bulbs for me. Bam, bam, bam. I never thought of it that way. You know, I always thought of Moses as, you know, he didn't get into the promised land. Why? 
there's a knucklehead like me and, you know, not listening fully to God and getting angry. I want it this way. But then we see the comparisons of the two. The prophecy of the virgin birth. Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah 7.14, the prophet Isaiah addresses the house of David, meaning the family of the descendants of King David, and speaks of virgin conceiving a child and giving birth to the child. Isaiah says this is the context of the being a sign from God. He also says that the child would be referred to as Emmanuel, which means God with us or God among us. Also in Isaiah 9, 6-7, which was written about 700 years before the time of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah spoke of a son who would be called Mighty God, an eternal Father. Isaiah also indicated that this son would reign on the throne of King David and that this reign would be everlasting. Man, He's sharing this with the disciples. He's sharing with them. The Word is just coming alive. Just coming alive before Him. As Christians, we acknowledge that this prophecy is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, who is the descendant of King David and whose reign is everlasting. Today, the teachings of Jesus govern the lives of as many as an estimated 2 billion Christians now, worldwide. The New Testament also says that Jesus will return in the future and that His kingdom will have no end. Praise the Lord. That's our hope right there. That's why we're here. To see that. To have that everlasting. No end. Everything comes to an end here. But there, there is no end. Then we see in Isaiah 53, 4-6, sacrifice for you and me. Yet it was our weaknesses... He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. And we thought His troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for His own sins. But He was pierced for our rebellion. Pierced for Dan's rebellion. Crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray and have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Him the sins of us all. He was perfect. He was perfect. In Psalms 22, 14-18, it says, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like... A potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me out of the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count on all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and from my clothing they cast lots. What he went through. What he went through. Isaiah 50, 5-7 is another example of what the prophets taught concerning this. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me 
and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Just that section of verses really speaks. Will we do that? Will we turn our cheek to the one that's against us, that persecutes us? Will we turn our back to be whipped like Jesus did? Will we still show God's grace through these things that we go through, our persecutions, our situations, someone being not loving to us? Do we return back in love? Do we turn back in retaliation? What a perfect example of one that would suffer so much for you and so much for me. Daniel 9.26 shows another prophet regarding these things. The Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. God's perfect son, and he's cut off by his father for you and me. He became that sin for us. And Zechariah 12.10 is yet another example. They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. It wasn't until after they saw what Jesus did that it hit their hearts. They were the ones that said, crucify him, crucify him. But then when it was all done, he revealed and proved himself in a way that, you know, I think of the Harvest Crusade coming up in August. And you sit there and you hear Greg Glory. I went to Greg Glory's church for about 12 or 13 years and it seems like all the messages are the same. But they're not. But what's beautiful about it is he gives an invitation to the Lord every time he gives a message. He gives an invitation saying, if you're out there and you're hurting, you're lost, come. And we sit in the stands and we pray for everyone that goes down. It's amazing. But you know what? You can look around. You see the people that are impatient, don't want to wait for the closing. There's the people that get upset and don't understand why I can't buy a hot dog while Greg's speaking. Because all the concession stands are closed. Yeah, you get hungry right about that time. That's the enemy. He doesn't want you to hear the message. He wants you to have that Dodger do- angel dog. Sorry. <laughs> Mike Spector, yeah, Dodger Jones. Um, but yeah. He delivers a message of an invitation to give their lives to Christ. And you know what? There's pros and cons about it. You hear people, oh yeah, how many of those people really got saved? Who cares? If one got saved, it's worth it. Just one. You know, we last week we had one person come up and Mario and James was praying with them and whether, whether he is giving his life to the Lord or whatever the circumstance. Praise God. Praise the Lord for that. Jesus didn't spend the time on the cross and go through all this for just a large number. It's for the one. The one that's lost. And Scripture clearly says when it's the last one, we'll be with Him. So I sit there and watch them all go down. Is that the one? Is that? Yeah, I'm ready, you know. I'm ready. I know where I'm going. Praise the Lord. I want to be there now. You know, my joke is, before the mortgages do, take me, Lord. <laughs> it's funny, and it is funny, but 
Any day's a good day. Any day's a good day. But I want everybody around me to go with me. Young or old. Black or white. It don't matter. I want them all there. We want to be all there. Forgiveness of sin would be part of the new covenant only because God provided a substitute to pay the penalty required of man. This trip down memory lane through scriptures helped them to understand. The light went on. It's kind of like when we take our time to explain something to somebody. Oh, now I get it. Wow. How come it's taken so long? I don't know. Maybe you didn't give the proper attention to it. Or maybe you didn't have your spiritual ears on that time. Or us men, our pride gets in the way. I got it. I can do it. Back to the instructions. I put one of those battery-powered Jeeps together without the instructions. Yes! Stickers and all. And it went real slow. Man, this is a joke. Took it back, got another one. Put it together again, faster, because, hey, I got this thing mastered. It went real slow. Something's wrong. This thing's broke. No, Dan, there's something wrong. You didn't read the instructions. There's this little screw called a governor. You take that out and it goes real good. (laughs) Amazing. But I'm not the only one. I'm not. Because, see, when Danny was born, someone had a yard sale and there was one of those Jeeps out there. Good price. And the guy goes, my son doesn't like it. It's just too slow. (laughs) I'm feeling you, buddy. I look, and the screw's right in there. How much you want for this thing? $40 good. Took it home, took the screw out. It was happy day. See, we learn by our mistakes if we let ourselves learn by our mistakes. There are so many lessons to learn in everything we do. Patience. Patience I don't like. I'm a busy person. I need things now. I need to put it behind me and move on to the next one. Anybody relate to that? I think we all can at one time. We want something now, especially when it's our selfish desires. Things that don't really matter. I've got to have that. Verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Now, If you're like me, verse 45 is highlighted in my Bible. Because, O Lord, open my understanding that I might understand the Word. I have to do that all the time. All the time. And I'll tell you straight out, this is my third week up here, and it's no easier than the first week. Okay? But praise God. Because, you know, in my devotion today, I was talking about Moses, and he says, No. I don't, want to, I don't want to go, Lord. I don't want to talk. And the Lord says, ask for my help. And long behold, in that devotion, it talks about Billy Graham. And Billy Graham says every time he got up to speak, no matter where, when, or how old he was, he got knobble knees. You know, he was all shaken. Praise God for that. The Holy Spirit, i got to call on you. I need your help. And we're all the same way. I need to understand the Word. 
I have to understand the Word and He has to speak to me. And through this, this has been a major blessing for me because it's got me deeper in the Word than I've ever been. And you know what? I will never know everything. And you may come up and say, Dan, what's this? Hey, you know what? I'll get back to you. I've got to find that myself. Or put it into words where you understand it. Because you're not going to understand my view. And I don't want to give you Dan's view. That's a, that's a watered-down version. I want to give you God's view. So I highlighted that in my Bible. I was just blessed with a beautiful new Bible. Brother just blessed me and bam, it was awesome. So now I gotta start coloring in that one now. Multicolors. Rainbow. Verse forty six. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. We see in Isaiah 53.5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. Our. That's us. All of us. Not some of us. Not just this side. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. No, all of us. All of us. All of our transgressions. Not just some of them. Every one of them. He knew what we would do today. He knows what we're going to do tomorrow. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. I wouldn't have been able to take those lashings. No man could. They expected Him to die before He'd even get through those. Isaiah 61.1 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tithings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Until we know Jesus, we're bound in that prison of sin. We are set free. The captives are set free. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How dare I underestimate what you can do. How dare I not give you the proper time in my life? It was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Jesus wanted them to understand that the cross was not some unfortunate obstacle that had to be dealt with. It was a necessary part of God's redemption plan for you and me, man. And that it would be in the name of the crucified and risen Savior that the repentance and the remission of sins will be brought to the world. Amen for that. Verse 47. And that, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now they've got to go out and preach it. They need to share it. We've had, um, on Sundays they showed the Bible A.D., and um, I know that they're TV shows. I know that they don't follow Scripture to, to a T. And I don't expect it to. If I want to know the truth, I'm going to read the truth. But sometimes seeing a visual a little bit, you know, they're showing Peter last, last Sunday where the Holy Spirit came on him when they're in the room and praying. And man, I, he didn't come in no flame like that. I know. It's Hollywood. 
But He gives you a visual. Close your eyes and just picture the Holy Spirit coming on Him like that. And the energy that they got. Peter just, wow, wow. He only had that back when he denied Christ three times. But it took a time. It was a time in his life that he had to go through in order to get to where he was then. And to go out and proclaim the name of Jesus. You know the Scriptures. You know where it says where they all started speaking in their own languages. That's the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Peter. Come on, guys. I want you to go out there and talk like this and then we're going to come out here and then everybody's going to be blown away. And then we won't know what to tell them either. Holy Spirit went before him. Sometimes it's just praying the Lord's Prayer. Thou art unreal. You are witnesses of these things. Jesus solemnly told them that they were witnesses of these things. Not only witnesses of the events surrounding the work of Jesus, but also of the commission itself to spread the gospel. This was a work they were all mutually responsible for. Everyone I'm missing here right now is responsible for that same work. We're responsible to share that word. And granted, it's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you want to pass that baton. No, not me. Let someone else do it. They're more elegant. They're not rough around the edges. Jesus wants to use you. When we do the hard work, there's blessings out of it. And it doesn't matter if we're exercising. It doesn't matter if we're working out. It doesn't matter what it is. We have to pay the price. We have to take the step forward and work towards the goal. Jesus was accused of being a pretender or a blasphemer. Ha! Really? Son of God. Pretender. Today there's people that call themselves Christians and they're the pretenders. They just want the title. They don't know even what it means. If you die, are you going to go to heaven? Huh? What's that mean? Everybody in America is Christians, right? No. After the resurrection, people had to change their minds and hearts and serve Him for whom He really was and is. The Son of God, the true Savior. This is the message that Peter will be preaching later at the Pentecost. That's that part where I saw in the movie. A message that would result in thousands of people declaring Jesus as their Lord. The disciples would be teaching the message of repentance, calling upon to turn from their selfish ways to Christ. Our selfish ways separate us from Christ. The disciples' mission would be to start in Jerusalem, where Jesus died, and from there would spread throughout the entire world. Praise God they were diligent. Praise God that they're at a point where they can be used. Thank God that Peter didn't stay where he was in denial. But Jesus got a hold of his heart and showed him, look, my hands and feet. In Acts 1.8 it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We know that is the Great Commission. Totally parallels with this Scripture. Totally parallels with 
what we're talking about and covering in Scripture right now. Luke 24:48, And you are witnesses of these things. Jesus pointed to, out to the disciples that they were called to testify and to be a witness to His work. We were called to testify and witness to His work as well. Acts 5.32 says, And we are His witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. His Helper. He promised to give us a Helper. Acts 10.39 says, And we are witnesses of all things which He did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. It was all planned out. I could see where the disciples were like, I get it. I understand. Life is confusing these days. People want prescribed programs or rules or regulations. They want someone to tell them, this is what you do. It's going to get you there. Like 10 steps of parenting. 15 keys to a deeper prayer life. Or seven ways to witness. Sometimes they make a good read. We look for plans, pointers, or guides that man wrote, not what God wrote. Instead of the Holy, instead of the Holy Spirit to guide us moment by moment, we look to books that sound good and have an appeal to them. Like I said, some of them are good reads and stuff, but Compare them to the Word of God. There are so many out there that will just lead you astray. And we have to be tested. We have to test it with what the Lord says. The most radical group of Christians were receiving the promise of the Father. Turn the world upside down, you might want to say, without a single book of the New Testament. They didn't have the New Testament. And they were busy. In Acts 17.6, it says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. They were busy. They're like, man, you need Jesus. That's all you need. And it was beautiful. They didn't have Romans, Hebrews, or the epistles of John. They didn't have the Gospels, Galatians, or the book of Revelation. What they did have was so powerful. is an understanding that Jesus was truly writing on their tablets of their hearts, whispering, go here, do that, stay away from this, avoid that. But so when readers read Paul's writings or Peter's exhortations, they could say, right on, that's what we have been doing for years. John tells us to love each other, of course. That's what the Lord has been showing all along. Brother Paul tells us to flee from our youthful lusts. That's exactly what the Lord has been telling us. 2,000 years later, what do we do? We so often have the tendency to come to church and say, give me more rules, programs, regulations, and laws, and we will go our way. Today, present Christianity is so dead. 
Christians have made the New Testament the new law. Rules, regulations, and external expectations. Instead of expecting the Lord to guide us moment by moment, step by step, so many find their walks dry. Even though they are in the Word, they believe in the Word, but they have not realized that the Old Covenant is over. He gave His Son, Jesus. Day by day, He writes upon our hearts. Our Christian walk only becomes vibrant and real when we are living hour by hour, moment by moment, according to the new covenant working within us. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Lord is alive. Not only will we put our hearts, the thing, I'm sorry, put on our hearts the things He wants to do and say and be, but He will give you the strength to carry them out perfectly. He will give us the strength, not us. It's not our strength that gets us up and moving. In Philippians 2.13 it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Not pleases Dan or us, pleases Him. When He says to write a letter, write the letter. You may have a friend that that's going through a circumstance right now and you haven't written to him, you haven't talked to him, and God's put on your heart, write a letter. Write it. When he says to stop for ten minutes and worship him, stop ten minutes and worship him. Ten minutes is not going to cost you life. Though if you're like me, ten minutes, I ain't got that to spare. You know what? If you make time for God, he'll give you all the time you need. When he says to go and pray over your son or daughter while they sleep, go pray over your son and daughter as they sleep. Pray that the enemy will not attack their young lives. Your kids are precious. I know you know that. But sometimes, man, go in and pray over them while they're sleeping. God will put it on your heart. Do it. When he says to pray with your spouse or for your spouse, Go pray for your spouse. You get the picture. The key to a fulfilled Christian life is to realize that Jesus is alive in you and will direct you moment by moment, day by day. Wait upon the Spirit. Church is not a ritual. And Christianity is not a bunch of responsibilities. Respond to the Spirit's leading moment by moment, day by day, and let Him transform what He has for you. Go out there and save the world. Be a light. Let the Spirit lead. I'm going to go ahead and pray. And then after that, I'll have um, whoever's volunteering, um, everybody that's going to be blessing the Spanish ministry. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to You and Lord, it doesn't matter where we pick up the Bible and start reading. It's application after application for our lives. That's why it's pinned. That's why it's on paper. That's why these stories are shared, these prophecies, these things where Scripture totally comes alive in our lives. I would pray, Father, that we would hear and apply these things to our lives. May we sit patiently, quietly, and wait upon Your Spirit to come upon us. That we would feel the... the the, the life brought back into us by Your Spirit. 
And that we would not walk in our ways, but walk in Your ways. May we take the step of faith. It's scary. But You have great things. If You tell us to do something, may we do it with respect to You and with boldness to further Your kingdom. Lord, bless us as we go out of this place today. May You guide us, protect us, and watch over us during the week. In your precious name, amen.